Previously on Previously on Buffy the Vampire Slayer, we now know that Amy is Catherine. Yes. Um, and again, the amazing acting. It's just so sweet though when Giles puts Buffy down on the the table and he he puts his his jacket under her head. His pillow with tweed. Oh, yes. Amy finally does uh, what, frankly, we all want to do, is just squeeze her grip around Xander's throat. That's a bit. <laughs> Hi, everybody. Welcome back to previously on Buffy the Vampire Slayer. And in this episode, we have been re-watching season one, episode four, which is called Teacher's Pet. Yeah, so what did you think overall? Is this an episode that you rate? Um, it's, it's not a bad episode, but I have to admit it wouldn't be one of my favourites. And compared to what came before in the season and particularly the episode that comes directly after, which I think is just brilliant, but we'll go into that next time. It doesn't stand up for me quite as well as they do but that being said watching it again there are some really good moments some really funny moments as always I found that actually because well just before we started watching it again I said oh never a huge fan of watching this episode I sort of I watch it out of loyalty because it's season one and you know come on it's it's only the fourth episode you've got to watch it so I have always sort of begrudgingly watched it but I must say I really enjoyed it this time mm, in a deeply disturbing kind of way <laughs> yeah. I have to say I, I just found it so funny the dialogue in yeah in this episode is brilliant I think this sort of really solidified the the Buffy speak and the Buffyisms um mm-hmm. so so well I mean it actually made it part of the part of the plot part of the actual the the development of the story. So I'm the same as you, but I really enjoyed watching it again this time. So. Yeah. I mean, plot wise, it's, you know, I get the story. It's it's a good, it's a funny story, while also quite cringy at times. Um, yes. But yeah. yeah it's it, very cringe. It is um, also the first episode that really focuses on Xander as a character. Yes. Which yeah. is interesting. Which is, I don't know if that's because I, I've i mentioned to you before, I used to really like Xander. He was like my favourite character when I was growing up. And I didn't necessarily fancy him, but I, I just had a certain affinity mm. towards him, which is <laughs> horrible reading so much negativity about him now. Because everyone's like, oh, I hate Xander. And I'm like, oh, my God. I think yeah. because he was the school clown. That was probably why I sort of likened myself to him. But mm-hmm. it's interesting because, of course, there will be a number of Xander-centric episodes throughout the entire series. I don't think this is the strongest one. I don't think it paints Xander in a very positive light. No, not at all. The others, he redeemed himself in the other episodes. And, I mean, he does redeem himself in this, but he is... A, proper little prick yes yeah you see all the flaws come out and yet at times you do sort of feel sorry for him which 
uh, is testament to how well he played the role, I think. Yeah, and I think this episode, I got more of the feeling that he was in desperate need of a guy friend. Yeah. And, you know, bearing in mind as well, it's only three episodes ago that he lost Jesse. Yeah, that's and true. It actually sort of makes sense because he's a bit at sea. And you can see when he's, you know, trying to get his support from Buffy and Willow when he's trying to, admittedly, he's trying to show off in front of Blaine. But you can really sort of see him going, come on, guys, give us a hand, you know, help me out here. And they Mm -hmm. just, rightfully so, they go, no, we're not entertaining this, Sander. But, yeah, you do feel for him because, of course, he's like the sore thumb in, in their little group. Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) so this episode really kicks off we're straight into the action here you know you've you've kind of come to expect a good fight scene now from this show and it opens with a vampire attacking Buffy in the bronze with everybody screaming that scream yeah (laughs) was another amazing scream I think we ought to do like a compilation of all the good screams from season one yes Definitely. <laughs> There's some real crackers. I mean, Cordelia's really good, but this girl, whoever she is, was amazing. So, but yeah, the thing, I don't know if you got this straight away. There's something not quite right with this scene, though. Buffy's really struggling against what looks like a bog standard vampire. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we've seen her completely wipe the floor with every foe that she's yeah. fought thus far, and particularly Luke who was like some demigod vampire. So she shouldn't be struggling with this guy, but she is. Yeah. And then probably the last person you expect to save the day against this guy pops up, Xander. And he's very confident, like not as we're used to seeing him. He sorts it all out. He does. And he's he's looking very nice, I must say. He does. It's a uh, very nice costume it's a is it like a black t-shirt and a a black overshirt Mm. but yeah he's very suave he comes in and (laughs) Buffy's like your hand it's hurt (laughs) (laughs) will you still be able to and he's like finish my solo and kiss you like you've never been kissed before (laughs) he winks at her and heads onto the stage and at this point you think this is a dream yeah has to be (laughs) And she is just mesmerized by him. She's very gooey over him. Yes. He's like the best thing she's ever seen. Yeah. <laughs> Apart from her hair, her hair is the best thing that he's ever seen. Yes. She looks lovely in this. <laughs> but yeah, she's she's looking up at the stage as he's playing this amazing guitar solo. <laughs> <laughs> he's miming it really, really badly, but it's a dream. Yeah. Bit of Pete Townsend windmilling <laughs> yeah. going on there. <laughs> uh, and... Buffy then just says, you're drooling. <laughs> and indeed he is. And, in yeah. reality. <laughs> yeah, cut back to science class. And they're in the middle of a... A riveting class. That's it. Yeah, <laughs> it's... um, What is it? A slideshow. Yeah. And this just reminds me so much of my school days. I say. <laughs> this has yeah. got to be my favourite teacher. I love... Dr. Gregory. We He's saw Dr. Gregory good. in the previous episode. We did. And I got really excited then because I thought, oh, and then I forgot that we see him in the next episode. I, I thought, oh, oh, okay. 
just got completely confused <laughs> by how I knew Dr. Gregory. And, but yeah, bless him. Uh, Xander's, you know, wiping away the, the dribble and they fall back into the class where the subject is the ant. Mm-hmm. So insects. Um, and Buffy gets a question from Dr. Gregory about the ways that ants communicate. So it becomes very obvious at this point that she hasn't really been listening. Or doing the homework. Yeah, she's <laughs> she's struggling and we have Willow kind of trying to feed her the answers uh, not very successfully. <laughs> yeah, so she's sort of rubbing Sanders back, trying to indicate that ants communicate by touch. And Buffy gets this one. And Willow goes to smell and sniff Xander. And Buffy says, Theo. <laughs> Dr. Gregory, um, at first it, it feels like he's sort of, he's ganging up on Buffy. You know, like in a that yeah. sort of arsy teacher way where they know that you've not been listening and they're going to prove a point. Yeah. And you're going to be We've all been there. Yeah, you know. <laughs> uh, and you do get this impression. And... Then he he asks her to stay. He's like, can I see you for a moment? All the other students have left. He starts to talk to Buffy about the problems at her last school, that he knows that she burnt down the gymnasium, got into fights. Principal Flutie had showed Dr. Gregory her permanent record. He knew all about this. And Buffy, of course, goes on the defensive immediately because. To now, everyone has just been shitting on her about this. <laughs> yeah, whether it's her mother or the principal. And... That's it. And yeah. I think this is where it completely turns, though. And this moment for Buffy was another uh, affirming moment that she realises that there are people that will have her back and that will encourage her and believe in her. And... He's so lovely. And this is actually, I think this has got to be my favourite scene of the episode. I know it's really early, but this is my favourite, purely for all of those reasons. Yeah. So just when you're expecting him to, you know, to keep on at her about all the things that have gone wrong, he then says, I can't wait to see what you do here. And she's expecting him to say, you know, in a bad way, like, is he being sarcastic about this? But no, he's genuinely saying that he knows that she's capable of excelling in his class and he doesn't expect anything less from her. So that's she's quite taken aback by this. Yeah, she's got a bit of pep in her step. And he just reaffirms again, you know, says, do your homework, just work hard, do what you can. And uh, don't be sorry, be smart. But yeah, he's so lovely. And he's giving me proper Richard Attenborough vibes. Yeah, and I was I mentioned as well before we started recording that he actually reminds me of a science teacher at my school. Oh, really? He looks <laughs> kind of similar. He's very nice, very encouraging. Like the students just loved this guy. And oh. when he retired, he got like a, a guard of honour, which never, ever happened again, oh, like, wow. as far as I know, for any teacher. Oh, so. Was his name Dr. Gregory? It wasn't, unfortunately. <laughs> But he also used to uh, coordinate the tug of war on sports day. That was his thing. So once a year, he'd have the tracksuit and the whistle and he'd be getting really into it. Oh, I'm now I'm now imagining Dr. Gregory in a tracksuit <laughs> with a little whistle. Yeah. Oh, bless him. Well, he's done his job with Buffy. 
he's given her some proper 100% positive mm-hmm. teaching. He's got through to her, which is, I think, maybe the first time that any adult has got through to her, you know, or adult with authority over her. He also, I should mention that he, in this scene, delivers what I think would be my favourite line of the episode. Oh, because okay. It's, I've, yes. I've been picking funny, you know, one-liners up to now and probably will for most of the episodes that, that follow. But this one is just really inspiring. Please don't listen to the principal or anyone else's negative opinion about you. Let's make them eat that permanent record. Such a cool thing for a teacher to say. It is. It's so He's so lovely. So, yeah, I think he's... Can I also just say my favourite character as well? <laughs> All in one go, it's Dr. Gregory. Yeah, I would same. I have to pick him but as well. This episode, I know we're we're doing everything <laughs> right <laughs> at the beginning, but um, but yeah, I think for for me, he's had such a, a positive effect on me as as much as as he obviously is meant to have on, on Buffy as well. But before the end of this scene, we get this horrible, ominous sort of music. Mm. So we just know that shit is going to happen. Yeah, especially after such an inspiring few minutes. Of course, something's yeah. going to go wrong. Yeah, because he's too nice to stay around, isn't yeah. he? Because this is what this is what the writers do, and the camera's left with watching Doctor Gregory carrying on with his slides, and he's proper geeking out, isn't he? Yeah, it's meant to be a claw thing. When I first saw this, I thought it was just a giant leaf. Mm. <laughs> Like wrap around his neck and then drag him away. And you hear him screaming. And then his glasses hit the floor. Yeah, it's all very unpleasant. So we need to make an honorary mention of the glasses because, of course, we are monitoring Giles's glasses removal and cleaning. And despite us saying that this is what he does all the time, he's barely done it. He's really disappointing me. <laughs> With this, because it's really showing up this the lack of <laughs> the lack of activity on the glasses front. Yeah, but I think we ought to have an honorary mention of Dr. Gregory's glasses. Yes, and they break too, so that's there's some added drama there with the yeah. glasses. He's he's in the shed, isn't he? Yeah. Then we get the opening credits. Buffy theme, and then we're back at the bronze mm-hmm. in real time. And we have a band playing a very cool song. Yes. Uh, the band is called Super Fine, and the song is called Already Met You. And this was on the album, the Buffy album that you could get, where there was like 12 or 13 tracks, all by bands that featured on the show. And I used to love this one. <laughs> but yeah, so Xander is there doing his dance. He's loving it too. Um, and I love the fact that he goes to sort of like just coolly nod at the singer like he knows him. Yeah. And he's like, what? He stares <laughs> like, at him like he's a weirdo. Like, I don't want to know you. He's like, fuck off, mate. Let me play. <laughs> so Xander sort of slinks away and heads over to the bar where no alcohol can be served because mm-hmm. well I just I still don't understand this no it's I'm it's very quite... <laughs> confusing it is but we are introduced then to Blaine and his 
other friends or lackey, and he's just being an asshole, showing off. Yeah. Talking about their conquests and whatnot. Yeah. Imaginary or real. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. So, well, I think as a girl, and this becomes obvious with sort of Buffy and, and Willow's behaviour towards Xander's attitude, they just don't believe any of this macho stuff. But it really riles Xander. And, you know, mm-hmm. we're seeing Xander be jealous of someone else or an idea of, of someone else. But he does say one of the best lines. <laughs> um, so Blaine's talking about his home for the holidays and looking for some love. <laughs> He's like, oh, she's not my type, though. Ghost really got to have something to go with me. He's like, really? Oh, my God, okay. And this guy looks like he's like Cliff Richards in the 50s. <laughs> <laughs> and Xander's interrupted, like, complete, you thinking, mate, you're just asking for it. You are literally <laughs> just interrupting someone's conversation. And he comes out with, like, what, something like a lemotoby? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so funny. Um, and then they, go, they talk about how many times they've scored and, and all the rest mm. of it. Xander's like, oh, are we talking today or the whole week? And you're like, oh, Xander, don't be encouraged by them. Yeah, it's that classic thing of, you know, you think everybody else is doing what you want to do and you have no idea that they're in exactly the same boat you are and nobody will admit it. (laughs) So, (laughs) and then I I must say, I really, this I find really cringe. Uh, Mm -hmm. Is Xander's attitude is like, oh, Judy calls when he sees Buffy and Willow. It's like, oh my God. It hasn't dated well, that particular bit. (laughs) (laughs) And he goes over, flings his arms around both of his best friends and he's like, Mm -hmm. babes. Buffy's like, what are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing? You know, it's just typical best friend vibe. And he's he's obviously trying to break that by sort of saying, oh, please, you know, come on, I need to prove my manliness to Blaine. And Willow, bless her, is like, she's like, okay, <laughs> I'll touch you. We'll show them. <laughs> yeah. And Buffy is then completely distracted by what's going on, what's involved around her and the distraction is uh, I'll be honest with you I don't blame her (laughs) (laughs) it's our mysterious friend Angel from a few episodes ago and Buffy does actually name him cryptic guy yes this was the Buffyism that I was referring to because it's such it becomes (laughs) part of the the story development and I just I love Mm -hmm. how she's like cryptic guy um, she heads over to who we, we obviously know is Angel. And he is, as Xander says, he's buff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's a very attractive man. How come that never came up? <laughs> um, so Xander's panicking now. Yeah. So he's completely forgotten about the manliness show to blame. He's now interested in what Angel and Buffy are doing. He doesn't know. This is, I think this is quite cool because the writers remind you that Xander and Willow haven't seen Angel. They don't know who Angel is. And it's like, oh, yeah, okay, yeah, because, of course, they never saw him. But, yeah. of course, Buffy has spoken about him. And, yeah, so I love this little interaction between Xander and Willow again. 
So Buffy heads over and says to Angel, well, look who's here. And he's just doom and gloom guy. Yeah, because every time he turns up, there's always a cryptic warning involved. Yeah, so she then says, oh, you're here to give me a cryptic warning now. He completely diffuses, because Buffy's trying to vibe with him. And to be fair, she does this with people that she's comfortable with, I've noticed. So I think this is what they're trying to show is she's very into the banter and and the, the Buffy speak. She likes to rib people a little. Which I don't think is too uncommon to mm. for, for British people. This is what we do, isn't it? We sort of, you know, if we like someone, we'll take the piss out of them. And she's like, "Oh, here we go. <laughs> what disaster is looming now?" <laughs> and uh, Angel completely diffuses her direction by saying, "Oh, you're cold." And uh, she's like, "Oh, you can take it." <laughs> she's still sort of she's like, "No banter, banter." And of course, but he means literally. Yeah. So we get this. Um, obviously, the writers were determined. <laughs> to give us Angel in a vest. Yes. Not complaining. No. It, it's, a, it's a good look. <laughs> it's a good shoulder. Yeah. He's got some good shoulders on him. <laughs> and biceps. So uh, he very quickly and enthusiastically removes his jacket and gives it to Buffy. Yeah. Xander hates this. <laughs> yes. He's, he's like, what? He's like, oh, right. Give her your jacket. It's a balmy night. No one needs to be trading clothing out there. <laughs> I love it. It's great. So Buffy then notices there's a cut on, well, it's quite a large, uh, I think it's three cuts on his arm. And she's like, oh, what happened? And it's very ominous again. I didn't pay attention. It's like, just tell her exactly what happened. It will help. Rather than just going, oh, well, you know, I'm just going to be really cryptic about this as well. And then that's when she refers to... <laughs> Something with a big fork. And again, he can't answer with a direct response. He has to say, he's coming. Yeah. And she's like, what, the fork guy? <laughs> <laughs> so we have cryptic guy and fork guy. So again, he just doesn't give her any advice. No, he's enjoying this. He wants her to figure this out for herself. This actually, personally for me, this really annoys me about Angel because he always yeah. does this. Always, he never just says, "Hey, up, love." Right, just let you know, I fought this really nasty. It's just a vampire, but he's got a great big fucking fork on his arm. <laughs> I wasn't paying attention. He's really, really dodgy. You've got to be really careful. We'll go together so we can defeat him together. That would be useful. Not this. Yeah. Don't give him a moment's mercy. Who? Don't give him. Who? Who, you, who the hell are you talking about, Maze? <laughs> Oh, it's just, yeah. So, uh, and she actually points this out. She's like, oh, okay, that's a very strong visual because he says, oh, he'll rip your throat out. Then he's gone. Mm. As quick as that. Quick as you like. Yep, just leave her with that with that little he's, bombshell. Yeah. Sorry. It, Don't he get doesn't. killed. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't. He doesn't help at no. all. And then we cut to the next morning. Where Buffy is chatting to someone who hopefully can give her a bit of help. Yeah, information <laughs> guy. And uh, yeah. Giles is eating an apple with a lot of zest, I must oh, say. Yeah. yeah. Looks, like a, looks like a good, good that little is snack. A good apple, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he even says, that's all he said, fork guy. <laughs> so, and you've got a feel for Giles here because he's having to translate Buffy speak, and Buffy's translating what cryptic guy said to Buffy which is nothing at all. So Giles is like, 
what do you want me to see? <laughs> what information is there? You you've literally just made all this into a little riddle. Yeah, but I love his line where he says um, yeah. <laughs> that I think there's too many guys in your life, and his little yeah. smile when he says it. He's so pleased with himself. Yeah. That's um, again another cracker of a yeah. line. I think that's just. I think it's just <laughs> sums Giles's opinion up of Buffy. He's like, far too many guys yeah. in your life. Um, <laughs> but it's just, yeah. I think it's the giggle afterwards because he's just like, <laughs> I made a joke. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then comes another cracker as well when he he looks up to the sky. <laughs> And says, God, every day here is the same. Buffy's <laughs> like, right, sunny, beautiful. However, can we escape this torment? Uh, it's it's great. So they're proper vibing again. And Buffy yeah. is well on to her Buffy banter. We move on really quickly. So mm-hmm. Giles is off to see what he can find. Passes Xander. Xander comes straight into shock. Updates the girls on the latest news, which is there's no Dr. Gregory. So in his mind, that's no need to hand in the science homework that he hasn't done or looked at. Buffy immediately, like she's always been, she's on it. She's like, what What do you mean? Is he sick? She's investigation, slay mode. And he's like, no, no, something about missing. And that's never a good word to hear. It's like, Xander, are you, are you being stupid at this point? And he then explains that there was cheerleaders and short skirts and other things that got him distracted. So he wasn't really listening. Yeah. That's going to let you down big time. Yeah. So (laughs) Buffy's like, yeah, something's definitely wrong. If he's missing, this is the hellmouth. And just in that moment, (laughs) Xander is left. He's rendered speechless and he makes this sort of weird noise. And this beautiful woman comes walking up the steps of the high school, strutting her stuff, and Xander is just taking every moment of it in. This scene actually reminded me of Friends when, I think it's Ross's cousin comes to stay and they're all just completely blown away by her and it's all, you know, every time they look at her. It's all slow motion, flicking her hair, and they're just, they can't even speak. <laughs> Do you know, it's funny you should mention Friends, because I really get a lot of Chandler Bing yeah. vibes off Xander, particularly um, in the scene when he was like, he's buff. Yeah. Buffy didn't mention he's buff. <laughs> so, yeah, he's got some really good, de- very similar delivery to, to Matthew Perry, I think. Mm-hmm. So he's completely, utterly besotted already with this she's older isn't she she's an older lady yeah but I think in our <laughs> it's like, she's probably in her mid-30s maybe 40s and they're ergo a teacher and it turns out she is the substitute teacher and she walks straight over to Xander who is just staring and we learn that also she's South African her accent is, it's a weird South African accent because I think she's trying to tone it down. Yeah, she's trying, she sounds American at times, but it comes, yeah, it comes yeah, out. it's an odd, it's an odd. And it's probably just as jarring as the jungle music that is on as well. 
This was oh just, my god, yes. <laughs> it's just cringe. Just to prove a point, it's like, oh, this is primal yes. stuff here, teenage boys. That's and it. Yeah, it's lusting after teachers. It's a bit, this is the theme. The many relationships that a teacher and pupil can have is summed up in this entire episode. So we've got the Dr. Gregory and Buffy relationship, or you know, friendship that's that's forming, and then we have this incredibly unsettling, <laughs> inappropriate, <laughs> inappropriate. <laughs> Uh, an awkward to watch uh, relationship. The teacher asks where the science room is. He has no idea, <laughs> even though he goes there every day. <laughs> <laughs> and he actually asks Willow and Buffy, it's like, God, where is it? <laughs> <laughs> and Blaine turns up, Cliff Richards turns up and takes the teacher away. He's like, Yeah, I'll help you. Uh, but I love his line. He's just like, how he just like, oh, it's it. I'm going right there now. It's not far from the varsity field where I took all city last year. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> wow, that was, <laughs> you know, you could have just said left, right, right, left. <laughs> but yeah, uh, no, um, I'll give you a backstory as well to, to this teacher. The next scene we get more of, we're heading into the science classroom and we learn that the substitute teacher's name is. Natalie French, Miss French. And when Buffy and Willow go into class, Buffy finds Dr. Gregory's glasses on the floor, which is an immediate red flag. Yes. Yeah. And Buffy's like, why would he not pick them up if he dropped them? Mm. Can I also point out Buffy's outfit? Yes, this is quite an outfit. It's so 60s again. Um, mm. I can really see what, what they were trying to do in, in wardrobe. And Sarah Michelle Gellar really suits that cut of dress. Um, she looks lovely and her hair is amazing again. Yeah, so Miss French, she's teaching the class. And of course, Blaine and Xander are just staring at her oh, again. Yeah. Doing their thing. I know where I want you. So, oh. yeah. Ugh. <laughs> so then she's like, sorry, what you know, what did you say? And... Blaine says, oh, well, you know, I'm just wondering, are you, will you be picking up from where Dr. Gregory left off? So she understands he's been teaching them about insects. So she proceeds to teach them all about the praying mantis and why it lives alone and all these horrible, disgusting, disturbing facts about how it mates and lays its eggs and everything. And Xander's just like staring at her all through this it's like is he listening to a word she's saying or i think he's he's actually finding what she says incredibly erotic yeah which, which actually bit... <laughs> it's it's weird but it does ultimately turn out to be quite important as we find out later yes it's it's pretty i mean i learned all i know about praying mantis <laughs> from this particular episode I mean, we're uh, experts on the subject now. We are, thanks to yeah. Buffy. I could teach a class on this. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. If if this came up in a quiz, I'd be like, "Yes, I know. Mm -hmm. I know these." So yeah, basically, we see Miss French kind of. She's starting to exert her very obvious power over these teenage boys. <laughs> she she asks for volunteers to help her make. Model egg sacks, which sounds horrendous, quite frankly, for the for the science fair. And of course, 
every single boy in that classroom, all the hands shoot up straight away. They all want to help her make, make these sex. disgusting things. Yeah. Yuck. <laughs> and then on that very appetizing note, they head to lunch. <laughs> yeah. Where hopefully they didn't eat any eggs. Yeah, they have hot because I, fries. I certainly won't be after watching this episode, <laughs> that's for sure. So Xander is, of course, he's just riding on his high that, you know, Miss French finds him attractive. It must be his good looks and smoky magnetism. <laughs> and I love, did you see Willow's reaction to that? Yeah. She's like, she raises her eyes. She's like, oh, okay. <laughs> uh, and she, she looks at Buffy and they both sort of go, oh, bless him. And this is a great interaction, I think, where he's like, oh, you two are probably a little young to understand what an older woman would see in a younger man. And Buffy's like, oh, I understand. <laughs> the younger man is too dumb to wonder why an older woman can't find someone her own age <laughs> and too desperate to care about the surgical improvements. <laughs> and like, Sandra's oh, like, Buffy. <laughs> what, what surgical improvements? He's quite <laughs> yeah. alarmed by that. Yeah. And Willow's like, well, he is young. So, yeah, I, I think I love that sort of that mansplaining gets completely reversed and Xander can't take yeah. his own medicine. It's, I, I love that moment. And this is actually exactly what Xander needed. Yes. He didn't want that kind of friendship. He didn't need that. He didn't want that support from, from Buffy and Willow, but he really needed it where they just go, mate, you need to calm down. <laughs> it's wrong. Okay. <laughs> There's something not right there. But of course, he's ignoring all of the flags. So Blaine just turns up again, just in that moment where you think, oh, is he going to see the light? But Blaine turns up and he just stirs the shit again. He's talking about, well, you came in second. I came in first because he's going to go and see Miss French first. So we're learning that Blaine is doing his science project egg sack building first before Xander uh, I do I love Xander's retort <laughs> he's like guess that's what they call a rehearsal <laughs> great and again he goes back to Buffy and Willow they're like did you see did you hear that that was funny and they're like yeah come on and then we get Cordelia yeah her first appearance of the episode and true to form she she barges <laughs> in <laughs> excuse you <laughs> Brilliant. Such a brilliant line. She starts talking about her medically prescribed lunch. Yeah, it's, oh, it's all very, very dodgy sounding. Yeah, it's... it's uh, All these references to weight and diets yeah. and... I think yeah. that's what, because she mentions it again, doesn't she? Uh, where yeah. she's lost a lot of weight. And unfortunately, she opens up. So she heads into... I love that she just marches straight into the kitchen as well. <laughs> If, if I yeah. did that at my school, they would have been like, uh, what are you doing? Where are you going? <laughs> um, so she opens up the the fridge, uh, sorry, the refrigerator, and lets off one of her cordy screams. Because she sees I know. the headless corpse oh. of Dr. Gregory. Poor Dr. Gregory. Absolutely gutted. And, you know, I love the fact that they had his name on the lab coat on, just to make yeah. sure that we definitely definitely knew it was Dr Gregory
And then we cut straight over to the library after they all go and have a look. And what they see really does have a really startling effect on particularly Buffy, very much like what Giles' shirt did to my eyes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> when he cuts, when his arm cuts across to the screen, I actually, I think I went cross-eyed for a moment. Oh, it's a lovely shirt. What a short. The, the colour was just a bit too much, <laughs> a bit mm. too soon. And he's pouring yeah. a glass of water, hands it over to Buffy, who, bless her, is in tears. Yeah, we don't see this very often, like something like this really no. affecting her. Especially someone that she hasn't known for very long or doesn't know very well, but clearly has had a profound effect on her. It's, I think that's potentially why the, the scenes with Dr. Gregory mean so much to the, the viewers as well, because they realise how much of an impact yeah. in such a short space of time that he had on, on Buffy. And there's a really lovely uh, interaction as well with the glass of water that Giles hands to Buffy and he says, oh, here, drink this. And Buffy takes the glass. She doesn't, she doesn't look. She's just staring into nothingness. Um, and she takes a glass and she's like, no, thank you. <laughs> and then takes a sip. And you think, oh, bless her. She's really, really cut up about it. As is Willow and Xander. And I love how Giles doesn't offer Willow a drink. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's just like, it's just Buffy. <laughs> yeah, she needs this. I don't care about any of you. It's just Buffy I care about. Um, but um, I'm not your it, watcher. I'm her. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're just here. Yeah. So, I mean, they're trying to... Bearing in mind what they've just seen, they've seen a headless man who they know and, and mm. uh, you know, who they saw just the other day. And they are trying to explain that to themselves by finding, you know, just trying to understand who would hurt Dr. Gregory. And I think this is a, it's a very subtle scene, how it falls into the Scoobies doing their thing, where they, they go into their patter, they start to assess and put to one side certain possibilities. Yeah. And I'm actually, I find it quite touching when Giles says that Dr. Gregory didn't have any enemies on the staff. And then he says, I liked him. Yeah. And Buffy Aww. says, so did I. It's just, Aww. it's really tugs at your heartstrings. It's so It really does. So I, oh, I'm, yeah. You think, oh, that poor man. And you see that a little glimpse of Giles thinking possibly, this guy could have been my friend yeah. in a place where I hang out with students most of yes. the day. Yeah, I don't <laughs> have any adult friends because I hang around with these three. And, th and they determine to, to find whoever's done it and to stop them. And they then go into the, you know, sort of the, the assessment. I don't, what, what should we call it? Like the, it's the Scooby Gang vibe thing that they do. Yeah, um, so. forensic analysis almost. It, yeah, it's 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 they're they're just they're solving the mystery, and um, Buffy's she'd be a really good detective. She she's like, would. Oh, well, he was, he's in the same clothes as before, so he didn't go home. It was at school, clearly. And she remembers that Angel warned her that something was coming. Yes, and then they start to look at Giles's research. So again, it's a nice little callback to. I've been researching the master. So you think, oh, yep. yeah, he's still around. Not done with him, yep. He's still, yeah, he's still very much a presence. And there's some story, I think he said, that was a, 
a vampire that displeased the master and he cut off his hand or something. And Buffy's goes back to the fork thing. I don't actually think we learn the fork guy's name. No. I think he is just fork guy. Yeah. <laughs> Which I love. <laughs> Can you imagine being cast? And it's like, oh, who am I playing? You go, fork guy. It's like, what? <laughs> you think you're playing a fork, basically. Yeah, you think, really? Okay. <laughs> and then uh, Giles then mentions, because he picks up very conveniently the newspaper, um, that has been providing all of the the obituaries for homeless people, even. that There was a homeless guy in Weatherly Park. Yeah, two um, nights so ago. And this person was shredded to pieces, which is not like Dr. Gregory. So they surmise that Dr. Gregory was killed by something else, which sends Xander on a bit of a mini implosion because <laughs> he just can't take the fact there's there's more monsters than they can really cope with. And he actually says, you know, there's something else out there besides silverware, ma'am, <laughs> which is such good writing. I, mean, I, lo- I love all of these. And Buffy has definitely been listening to another teacher uh, or her watcher uh, because she practically quotes Giles. I'm sure she quotes him. When she's like, well, we're on a hellmouth. It's the centre of a mystical convergence. Which delights Giles. You can see it him does. right up when you she says see. this. You have been listening to me. He's like, oh. <laughs> He's like, oh, say that again. And uh, yeah, so essentially, Giles reiterates, unpleasant things gravitate here. And yeah, there's more to come. Buffy mentions Weatherly Park. She says, where was this guy killed? And Giles is like, now hang on here for a second. (laughs) He makes her promise that she won't do anything rash. And of course, when that happens, we know exactly what she's about to do. (laughs) (laughs) She says, cross my heart, cut to the next scene. Which is nighttime, where she's climbing over a fence into (laughs) Weatherly Park. And she's sloping around it's not the best music it's season one music which i think it it just personally for me it ruins the vibe and buffy discovers a like an entrance to i think it's a sewer and this fork guy this made me jump i completely forgot the fork guy jumps out of this sewer yeah uh well it's like a it's a hidden entrance and he's swinging and it's narrowly missing Buffy, but Buffy's fighting him back. You, know, I, you can tell that she's not really, she's not being bested at all. You know for real, you know, you know for certain that Buffy's a formidable fighter and he's still lunging and what have you. Uh, and because of his, well, it's like Edward Scissorhands just gone wrong. <laughs> it's like he's dressed up yeah. to go to a party as Edward Scissorhands and he's done a really, really bad job of it. And the fight actually gets interrupted by the police, which I thought they were a myth in this entire series because <laughs> we've not actually, we've had multiple murders, we've had beheadings, we've had people go missing, the school is rampant. Corpses with... falling out of lockers and <laughs> being stored in fridges, decapitated. But have we seen the local police force yet? No. Mm-mm. But we, no. we know that they have torches and they're out in the woods. Because there's a homeless guy who has been shredded to pieces. 
this is the thing that gets them out of the office, clearly. <laughs> so um, they actually break up the fight by being in- interrupting. Uh, Fork guy legs it. Buffy runs after him. And we're near the fence again, near the road. And um, it's Natalie French is walking back in her really long trench coat in the middle of the night, seemingly, with her grocery shopping. Yeah. Where'd she get those? Yeah. So she's heading down the, I was going to say the pavement, sorry, the sidewalk. And the vampire decides to attack her. Um, And as she turns, he hisses and runs away in fear. Which Buffy sees and is like, what the hell? Yeah. And I remember watching this the first time and I was like, the fuck is she? Yeah. (laughs) What on earth is that? And he runs off, opens up a manhole cover, um, and then just jumps down into it and disappears. So we're back to the library the next day for the post-mortem, so to speak. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. That's really good. <laughs> and Giles is terribly unimpressed that Buffy went behind his back and went hunting when she promised him she wouldn't. But is he? why is he surprised by this? You yeah. Know? <laughs> And Buffy's like, yes, I lied. I'm a bad person. Let's move on. (laughs) I I love it how she's just like, she completely is the boss. (laughs) And he's like, right, okay, did you see someone with a fork? She's like, "Um, more like a jumbo claw. And bless him. He's like, well, as long as you're not hurt. Yeah. (laughs) And she's like, forget that. I saw something even worse, even more fucked up. (laughs) And I love this (laughs) bit. She's like, do you know Miss French? (laughs) That's something for Dr. Gregory. And, she's, and he's like, oh, oh, yes, she's lovely. Oh, smiley. In, in a common, extremely well-proportioned way. <laughs> uh, and um, Buffy... It's not quite and, Xander levels of sleaze, but, you know. <laughs> it's it's so well done. Um, and, and again, I think it just reiterates that, you know, there's something otherworldly about Miss French. Yeah. And Buffy's like, well, while I'm chasing Claw Guy last... Claw Guy? <laughs> She's upgraded him to Claw Guy. Yeah, from fork to claw. <laughs> while I'm chasing Claw Guy last night, uh, Miss Well-Proportioned is heading home. <laughs> claw Guy <laughs> takes one look at her and runs screaming for cover. And he's like, ran away? And you can see he's like, why would you run away from her? <laughs> Um, <laughs> I wouldn't, that's for sure. Yeah. And uh, she's like, he was petrified. So there's something, you know, they're saying, well, why on earth would something monstrous like that run away from a substitute teacher? And Giles says, we need to keep an eye on her. So actually, this isn't a tidbit, but this is what I would have done in the episode. I would have put a scene where Giles and Miss French converse hmm. in some way and to have her not interested at all in him after a while. Yeah. So, you know, so she, she initially sort of, oh, okay, yeah, da, 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 a bit flirty, you know, that sort of thing. And then she pulls up, you know, she's not interested. She sort of backs away. Yes. And I think it yeah. would have explained... It would have just added a little more to the whole virgin thing. 
Yes, I I was actually thinking something similar while watching it. I was like, how would she have oh, reacted to Giles? Yeah, because it, I don't know. It's just how he says it, uh, and it, in that scene, because it's I mean, well, the, it's the end of the scene, and it's very typical of Buffy where they go, right, okay, let's do this, okay, right, and then they go the next scene. That's what they're doing. They're actioning what they've decided that they're going to action. So yeah, it just seems. I mean, whether there was a, a scene there that they cut out, maybe, but I think it would have led really nicely mm. into, you know, the bit where uh, they then explain that she preys on virgins. So Buffy heads to class and is stopped by Principal <laughs> Flutie. And I would like to put on record at this point that this is probably my favourite scene in the episode. It's just so funny. It's so good. And actually, my favourite, uh, one of my favourite lines that Mr. Flutie delivers is is in this scene. It's a brilliant scene. And Flutie completely interrupts, pulls Buffy uh, away from her while she's heading to class. And he's like, you saw Dr. Gregory, didn't you? And she's like, uh, yes, say, yes, yeah, we, we found him. And he's like, don't say dead or decapitated or decomposing. <laughs> Stay away from the D words altogether. But you witnessed the event, so this way, please. And he's trying to get her to go to counselling. And uh, she's like, I'm going to be late for biology. And he's like, extremely late. You have to see a counsellor. Everyone who saw the body has to see a crisis counsellor. Which is good, you know, good safeguarding there. (laughs) It's for once. Finally, something that's, you know, the the school is being proactive. And Buffy's like, no, 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 I'm, I'm fine. And he's like, we all need help with our feelings. Otherwise, <laughs> otherwise we bottle them up, and before you know it, powerful laxatives are involved. It's like, what is? What does that mean? What does that really mean? Um, so, yeah, he's just being—he's great. And he goes, "I'm always here for a hug, not a real hug, because there's no touching. This school is sensitive to wrong touching." <laughs> he's been observing Giles with Buffy in, in the first episode. <laughs> Yeah, and now Miss French. Yeah. It's like, mate, you are employing the wrong teachers. <laughs> yeah. Don't you know what she's up to after hours <laughs> with the pupils? So, um, but yeah, so there's a really good play on words as well. And he's like, no, um, we we have to start healing. Uh, you have to heal. And she's like, no, no, but Mr. Fleet, he's like, heal. <laughs> Tells her to sit. Brilliant. It's great. Yeah. Um, and then we hear Cordelia. In Who is in counseling. with the counsellor. <laughs> And Buffy's face in this whole part is just hilarious. It sums it up. Yeah. It really does. It's just, it's cordy logic. <laughs> and it's one of my favourite things ever. <laughs> it just makes absolutely no sense. <laughs> uh, but this is, she does refer to this diet that she's been having, uh, which is, uh, of course, the main reason why she discovered Dr. Gregory's body in the the big stand-up fr- yeah, we should say it's a big stand-up fridge. Yeah, it like is. A little, little one where he's folded in, yeah. in half. So we, we've established Buffy's late. So Buffy's running back over to the class. And in the middle of the class, they are doing a science test. And this is... <laughs> the perfect example of the inappropriate <laughs> touching that yeah. the principal was referring to. Yes. So... Uh, Miss French is leaning all over Xander, 
helping him with answers. As Some well. teacher she is, huh? Yeah. I really like her nail polish in this, though. <laughs> Sorry. It's the one thing I was like, oh, I like her Small nail mercies. Yeah. <laughs> so there's a one plus. And um, Buffy is looking through the window um, and she's like, oh, great. Pop quiz. Natalie French, like she did with the vampire, she stops, stands up, straightens up, and as if she's sensed something, she spins her head. 360 degrees. And no one in the room notices this, but Buffy sees it. Yeah. Buffy sees it and fucking shits herself and hides. Yeah. And then they're back in the library. So we have this huge cut because this, this thing has just happened in front of Buffy's eyes and it's uh, Buffy's trying to explain to Willow what she saw was not you know she didn't crane her neck she full-on exorcist twist and can I just I've got to say this I was like oh exorcist twist Mm. before Buffy said it and I'm gonna say I I don't know this episode 100% (laughs) so I was I'm super proud of myself Um, but yeah, uh, and then Buffy brings us back to the pot where she says, hang on a minute, Blaine didn't come into school after he worked on the the school project with her yesterday. So Willow kicks into action. She breaks into another system that she conveniently can get into. And Giles, in the meantime, has been looking for something that vampires are scared of and he hasn't found anything. And Buffy's then says, well, try looking for something that can turn its head all the way around. And again, just going with this deduction, the deducing that the uh, the Scoobies do, Giles is like, well, nothing human can do that. But this is a great Buffy moment of realisation. Uh, she realises that some insects can do exactly that. And then she asks, where are the books on bugs? So Giles is rubbing off on her here. You know, he she's, is. she's becoming very bookish now all of a sudden. <laughs> and she's doing her homework. She is. Like Dr. Gregory. Model student. To do. I, yeah, I love this moment where she's sort of like, I'm going to do my homework. And we then have a very quick scene. Again, it just sets up really the third act. Xander comes in because he's doing his school project with Miss French. And she's sat at the desk spreading some butter on some bread and she's just about to pick up the container that conveniently says food i love that <laughs> but very non-specific just food and they have a quick chat about the size of the eggs which we don't see yet thankfully but they, are, they are a bit gruesome and and he's like oh if they're if they were real the bugs would be she's like as big as you it's like oh, shit. Okay. Yeah. So we we're getting an eye, we're getting an impression. Lots of things being dropped into to this now. Lots of clues. And this is so fake. When she's like, and I don't know if it's because it's her accent, but she's like, Oh, I've done something really stupid. And it's like, are you I'm sure she's a I think she's a very good actress, but at this moment I'm not. I just I'm not convinced. Yeah. <laughs> if this is her her trying to curb her South African accent, which I think is a real shot. I love the South African accent. And she's like, Oh, how I hope you can forgive me. I've forgotten everything. Yeah, I've left it at home. 
Oh dear. And Xander's <laughs> like, forgiveness is my middle name. Yeah. <laughs> but we do find out his actual middle name and it's Lavelle, which <laughs> it's actually quite nice. Alexander Lavelle Harris. It suits him, yeah. Yeah, it's got a nice ring to it. So yeah, so they agree to postpone to the evening where Xander will come to her place and they will do the project there. And at this point, alarm bells should be ringing all over that school. He's like, oh my God, you're giving me your address? uh, And instead, his guitar solo moment (laughs) pops up into his... So no red flag. It's just that, that hero moment. So she... It gives him the address and he just can't believe his luck. Heads off and he does this little (laughs) pumping of the air at the end. (laughs) And then we cut back to Natalie French settling back into her lunch and and opening the very convenient container that's labelled food. And there's a reason for that because it is full of, I think they're crickets or grasshoppers. Yeah. All living. And I don't want to know <laughs> what they did for this scene. But no. the crunch uh. that she makes <laughs> is still, uh, it's horrible. It yeah. literally makes my skin crawl. Oh, I love so. a good grasshopper sandwich. Oh. Oh. <laughs> so. Unfortunately, we don't linger on that. We're straight no. back into the library. Buffy has done her homework and she comes out. She's like, the praying mantis can rotate its head 180 degrees while waiting for its next meal to walk by. And everyone's like, right. <laughs> when it's like, well, Miss French is sort of big for a bug. And this is the second time that Giles mentions... <laughs> Miss French's shape. Yeah. And he's like, and she is by and large woman shaped. (laughs) Yes, she is. Yes. So Buffy, like any good debater, she has three arguments or three facts. Factoids, as she calls them. Um, One is that a praying mantis can rotate its head. A pretty whacked out vampire is scared to death of her. And thirdly, her fashion sense screams predator. That's the best one of all. It is. Her willow's like, it's the shoulder pads. <laughs> I love it. And then oh. Giles has a moment where, doesn't he say, like, hang on a mo? And he says, I have a, a chum at, at Oxford. So we know that he went to Oxford at this point. Uh, so he read it at Oxford. And his chum was called Carlisle. And he had an advanced degree in entomology and mythology. Mm. <laughs> and Buffy's like, enter my who? <laughs> and in true Giles fashion, sums it up perfectly. He says, bugs and fairy tales. Of course. And Buffy's like, I knew that. Of course I knew that. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but we learned that before Carlisle went mad, he claimed there was some beast, but he doesn't get to finish what he's about to explain. Because Willow has broken into whatever system and found that Blaine is missing. His mother called the school and said he never came home last night. And it's like, shit. So shit has hit the fan now. And 
Willow then starts to panic because if Miss French is responsible for Blaine's disappearance, Xander is supposed to be meeting her. So she's now panicking and (laughs) she sums it up perfectly. He's got a crush on a giant insect. (laughs) (laughs) And then Giles's puzzled (laughs) expression is just... I think this is not a line. But it has got to be one of my favourite moments of the episode. Yeah, you can see him trying to visualise this. <laughs> I think it's just a bit too much for him even. And he's, yeah. He was just talking about bugs and fairy tales and beasts and monsters and all the rest of it. And you can tell he's like, I don't understand this. <laughs> this is too much for me. I can't vi- envisage it. So they keep searching. Buffy's like, can we go into the, the coroner's office? I want you to hack into that. We need to look at the autopsy of Dr. Gregory. And there's some marks on the corpse. She's she's such a good investigator. Yeah. Um, and she surmises that they could be teeth. And the praying mantis have got these teeth as well. And it, it's pretty graphic. And then she cuts straight back to Giles. And she's like, anyway, tell me about this beast. <laughs> so Giles goes off to make a transatlantic telephone call. <laughs> These days he'd be like, ah, oh, let me just send him a quick WhatsApp. Yeah. Get back to yeah. you in 15 minutes. <laughs> I'll just do a quick FaceTime. Yeah, so he disappears. And but before he does. But not before, <laughs> yeah. Asking if this hack is entirely legal. <laughs> of course, of course, entirely at the same time. Very innocently. And, and yeah. right. And he's just like, ah. Wasn't here, didn't see it, couldn't have stopped you. Couldn't have stopped you. <laughs> He's getting used to this by now. He realises there's just no point trying to keep them on the straight and no, narrow here. No, he's just going to... That's gone this, out the I window. Think this is his motto. Wasn't here, didn't see you, couldn't have stopped you. I think it just completely sums up his attitude. Um, so, um, And then we cut straight outside to Buffy catching up with Xander um, because, she, of course, she wants to stop him. She wants to make sure that he's safe and okay. And warn him. Mm. And at this point, I can't help but think, you know, Xander should really believe whatever Buffy tells him immediately, given everything that's happened so far. No. But that would be nah. easy. And he just turns into a little prick. <laughs> uh, I think basically, I think it just sums yeah. it up. And he he actually throws back when Buffy says, "Look, I'm going to tell you something about Miss French. It's going to sound really weird." But I need you to listen. And he's like, okay, fine. She's like, she's not human. She's a big bug. And he, of course, he just laughs in her face as if she's just talking nonsense. And like you say, he should be listening to her. But he just falls on this, oh, idiot card of, oh, you're just jealous. Yeah. And you just don't believe that this woman could be could find me attractive as like yeah yeah, yeah Xander that's course. what it's about that's all it so I made up a story about a bug of all yeah. the things I could make up yeah. <laughs> and actually he does mention he's like oh yeah well you know Angel and guys handing out leather jackets she is actually wearing his leather jacket uh so um, over that lovely dress she is so yeah. Dress. so yeah Xander's doesn't want anything to do with this um, and just goes and ignores her and, and walks off in a little huff. Buffy watches him go. He's obviously leaving, going home for the day. She doesn't think anything of it. 
And then we are in really... This French's house. <laughs> just... Oh, my God. This is just cringe. Uh, it is. Music, I mean, it, it's it's very romantic, but it's really not. It's a time and place, and there's the correct type of person, and Sander is not the right guy. So no. she's pouring out martinis. Her lovely dress is revealing a lot. Uh, music's playing. The lamps are low. The whole vibe is predatory, <laughs> to say the least. The door rings. Natalie heads on over, opens the door, and Xander is completely, utterly blinded by her cleavage. <laughs> um, so it's just being a typical 16-year-old boy. And I think this is the worst. Thing. She's like, oh, should I change? Is this too much? <laughs> it was too much a long time ago. <laughs> it's like, you know exactly what you're doing, love. So they head and sit down. She offers him a martini. And you yeah. can see here, I think this is the bit where you just think, oh, bless him. He has no idea what he's doing. He has never had a martini. And he really looks, well, he's just come straight from school. You know, he's not made any effort with his clothing or anything like that. Uh, she tries to put him at ease. She's saying, I'm really nervous around you. And, and he rambles on about Greek food <laughs> for a moment. Bless him. Xander just gulps down this martini, reacts quite badly to it. <laughs> Where he's like, <laughs> and then things get very Natalie, creepy. Yeah, it just just goes full out and just says, "Have you ever been with a woman?" And he's like, well, "You mean in the same room?" So <laughs> oh, like, you know what I mean. Um, so this is getting yeah, it's it's getting very awkward. Yeah, he's trying to pretend he has, but then he's like, "Yeah, you know what? I haven't." Yeah, she says she can tell, but that she finds that attractive which is yeah it's just the most ick moment of the whole scene yeah she's like i need it it's like the fuck (laughs) (laughs) and this this for me this is uh, referring back to that that other scene that i'd have put in that would make more sense if they'd have played on it a little more but yeah anyway so at this point xander's starting to have a bit of a you can tell he's he's very distracted he's struggling and then you hear this muffled screaming in the background someone saying help me help me um is anyone there let me out and she takes his hand to distract yeah and he (laughs) he has his his flashback to a scene his dream scene where buffy's like oh you hurt your hand <laughs> and he's like i love buffy yeah <laughs> oh bless him and he's like oh dear and he's like well so that's a martini huh and again she completely distracts him again because he's like i can hear something and it's again i uh, would you like to touch me with those hands I, you know you're just saying oh my word and then her hands morph into the green leaves and he says your hands are very very serrated (laughs) Serrated. (laughs) and he then collapses yeah so clearly the drink is drugged and she then drags him away in her prey mantis form then we're on to the climax of the episode they're inside the basement inside a cage 
Xander comes to and he looks up and sees a giant praying mantis preparing Ugh. her nest of eggs. And, it is, and they're not fake ones either for the science and- fair. <laughs> no. And he says, Miss French, and this bit, I'm just, yeah. I find this really funny, where she goes, please, call me Natalie. In, this, in this weird really voice. Weird voice. <laughs> <laughs> and it just, for me, it broke the moment. Yeah, Which yeah. I potentially needed. Because that was a very cringe, the last scene was a bit heavy. Mm. So Xander backs away and he's he's completely trapped. Cut back to the library. Giles is on the phone. Giles, all hot and bothered. <laughs> Bless him, just as we like him. <laughs> and he's saying, uh, frankly, madam, I have the faintest idea what time it is, nor do I care. Now unlock his cell, unstrap him, <laughs> and bring him to the telephone immediately. This is a matter of life and death. <laughs> and then you've got Willow. She's banging away at a keyboard. Um, she's looking at the coroner's report. Lots of coloured pictures. And Buffy confirms her definitely teeth marks, which match the insect's teeth marks when they pull off their prey's head. So Willow then panics because she likes Xander's head. That's where his eyes are and his hair and his adorable smile. Aww. And Buffy's like, he's fine. I saw him leave. He's okay. But we know he's not. <laughs> Which is really her only real blunder of the episode is assuming that he's yes. he's safe at yeah. home. Yeah, it's... Yeah. um. I, I must say, I, this is obviously, this is the, the back and forth now which you always get. It speeds up the the episode. It comes to the climax. Um, so we shoot straight back to the basement where Xander is still in his cage. Blaine then appears. So Blaine is actually still yeah. alive. He's in a cage Blaine. beside him. And he is absolutely shitting himself. He tells Xander, we've got to get out of here. And he explains what happens. Um, and that she lays her eggs then she mates with you and then she bites off your head. Yeah, really gruesome. <laughs> yes. uh, I don't know what is more gruesome to be put or uncomfortable is is her as Miss French trying it on with Xander. Or her as or the praying her doing mantis. This. Either <laughs> way, sure. she's a predator. Yeah. And then um, we get this moment where they cut back to the library again yeah, all these cuts are happening yeah. when it's getting very tense. It's fast-paced. Giles is talking with Carlisle um, on the phone, and it's so funny. He's like, yes, yes, you were right. You were right all along. It sounds exactly like the creature you described. But no, you weren't right about your mother coming back as a Pekingese. <laughs> <laughs> but try to rest, old man. And uh, and he says tar, which is a, a very British to yeah. say um, and it's basically it's a thank you bye for now or time hangs up heads into the office uh, where Buffy and Willow are still at the PC and explains to them both that Carlisle transcribed some forgotten language what he discovered he kept himself until there was teenage boys going missing in the Cotswolds of all places I love it it's the Cotswolds <laughs> Um, and he went mm. hunting for it. And the name for it is She Mantis, <laughs> which I think is awesome. Yeah. I love this bit. And he starts to, to be fair, you know, thinking this is really well thought out stuff that the writers would have come up with just to justify 
the she-mantis. This type of creature, the Kleptus Virgo, or virgin thief, appears in, in many cultures. The Greek sirens, the Celtic sea maidens who, who tore the living flesh from the bones of... Um... Giles while we're young. <laughs> <laughs> and that is that is going to be my favourite line. Because it's he just he just gets so carried away. It's just like Giles while we're young. Yeah. Uh, it's just her delivery. So Michelle Gell is brilliant. <laughs> so we find that now it's confirmed that the she mantis is a virgin hunter, and uh, she lures innocent virgins back to her nest. Which Buffy says, "Well, Xander's not a virgin." Yeah, he's been telling us all these stories. And- yeah. <laughs> and Willow has obviously not believed a single word and knows that he's going to die. <laughs> so- she, she knows him too well. They've been yeah. friends forever. <laughs> yeah, that's it. So we then know, um, thanks to Carlisle, that you just have to hack the thing apart to kill it. So Buffy's slicing and dicing it um, on this occasion. And they head off. They they make a, a move, but not before Giles <laughs> says to Buffy, you need to be quick about this. Buffy's like, well, Carlisle faced it and he's still around. It can't be that bad. And, and he's like... <laughs> Yes, in a straitjacket, howling his innards out night and day. <laughs> She's like, okay, Admiral, way to inspire the troops. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's great. A proper little banter moment. Yeah. Again. So Willow's off the phone then. Xander's not home. He told his mum that he's going around a teacher's house to work on a science project. They don't know where. So they decide that they're going to do some more hacking. <laughs> Get her address. Uh, from the substitute teacher role. And she then instructs Giles, while Willow's doing that, to go and record Bat Sonar. And he's like, why? What, what on earth for? <laughs> and Buffy's homework has come in handy again. And she's like, yeah, bats eat praying mantis. They are shit scared of bats. The noise that bats make sends their nervous system. It goes kaplooey, which again is a lovely word. And he's like, well, where am I going to find... <laughs> Fucking <laughs> bat sonar. She's like, the vid library? There's no books, but it's dark and musty. You'll feel right at home. Go. <laughs> she's like, sort of forces him up the search. She's like, fucking go. Go now. <laughs> Green arm, go. And so I like he's... the fact that he's he's looking to her for, you know, yes. what, what do I need to do? Yeah. Another moment, I think the this is definitely the, the second time where he mm-hmm. defers to her. For me, he was never like the authority figure for, for Buffy. Buffy was no, the leader, no. always has been. Um, so there's always moments where, you know, the, one of them, one of the Scoobies will be able to be, they show their strength, which Buffy doesn't have, like Willow with her ability to hack into <laughs> all sorts of illegal uh, secure things. systems. Yeah. <laughs> illegal systems. <laughs> so, um, you know, there's no way Buffy would ever do that. But she's leading this charge all the time. So uh, we're back to the basement and Xander is working on one of the bars, pulls the bar out. Blaine says, like, great, I can get out of my cage into yours. <laughs> what are you doing? Xander's got a weapon then. She starts to do the worst thing, which is eeny, meeny, oh, you know. The best way to solve any problem. Yeah. Yeah. And then we, we get this very quick back and forth. They're hunting down Miss French. Um, we get a a view, a quick view of the Giles-mobile as they, they pull up into the drive of the address that they've got. 
They go to kick down the door, which Giles says, don't kick down the door. <laughs> Buffy goes to kick it down. And just before she um, goes to kick down the door, uh, this little old lady opens the door. And I think I recognise that actress from, I think she's in Matilda, oh. the film Matilda. I think she's the librarian. I think you're right. Matilda. Yeah. I think you've got to be right there. Yeah. Because I reckon it's her voice I recognise. And uh, she's bless her. She's like, yes, I'm Miss French, dear. She was a teacher, but she retired in 1972. <laughs> Which so, wasn't that long ago, <laughs> back in 1997. No. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, it's definitely not the Miss French that they were expecting. No. So they it becomes a, immediately apparent that this praying mantis horror show used the real Miss French's records to get access to the school. So they have no idea where Miss French is. And at this point, I think they are, they're worried that Xander is involved or mm. virgins are involved anyway. So they're, they're off to save the virgins. Xander has been chosen thanks to Eeny, Meeny, Miny, Mo, And he starts to crawl out of the, the cage and he, he gives it a good whack, <laughs> the she-mantis, and tries to escape, fails miserably. Then uh, we go straight back to um, Buffy and Willow and Giles. They're panicking now. They have no idea. But Buffy has, again, a brilliant moment where she's like, I know who will be able to find her. And it's Fork Guy. Yeah, because he was so afraid of her. Yeah. So she hunts him down, ties him up, and drags him along the pavement <laughs> with Willow and Giles in tow. And she's telling this guy, where is she? You know where she is. You're afraid of her. Point out which house it is. So that's when they discover the correct house. But not before Fork Guy kicks off and slices open the ropes on his hands um, and tries to have a fight with Buffy. I mean, you would just run yeah. away, wouldn't you? So inconvenient. I mean, she doesn't have time for this shit. <laughs> You've had your ass kicked. <laughs> She's actually tied you up, mate. You know, if she wanted you dead, she'd have killed you. But yeah, so he gets dusted um, very, very quickly. So that is one of Buffy's kill counts, actually. And then we cut back to Xander, and this mantis is now laying her eggs in front of him. And she wants him to fertilise them. <laughs> this anyway. is not how he imagined this first experience no, going. He's, he's, yeah, bless him. But Buffy crashes through the window, the basement window, and she begins to fight the praying mantis, kicking the shit out of it. <laughs> and She goes to play a tape of the, the bat sonar. That Giles gathered. And instead, <laughs> we hear Giles on the tape. Well, she she bless her. She's you can tell she's really mourning the loss of Dr. Gregory. And she's like, Do you yeah. remember him? Yeah. The guy you killed. Well, he taught me to do my homework. And you learn stuff. At, like what happens to your nervous system when you hear this. <laughs> I know what happens to my nervous system when I hear Giles. That's, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and he's, <laughs> what is it? He's like, 
extremely important, well, not simply <laughs> alphabetically. <laughs> um, I love Buffy's like, Giles, <laughs> you had one job. I gave you one job. And he's like, it's, I put the bloody thing in the wrong way. <laughs> it's so, the wrong side. It's the wrong side. Oh, can we also say Buffy comes in with like super, super cans, super sized cans of bug spray? Yes. I just love it. <laughs> <laughs> so mm. it's awesome. Um, so with the praying mantis nervous system just going kablooey, as, as Buffy says, Buffy is then able to defeat her foe and hack it to pieces. And this is an amazing cinematography on this scene is awesome where you get the silhouette of Buffy. You can see it's clearly Buffy, clearly the heroine taking out the praying mantis with a machete. It's cool. It's awesome. So Buffy hacks it to pieces and saves the day. And she's definitely done that for Dr. Gregory. There's a great scene where Willow shows her support for Xander and says, I think it's really good that you've both done the right thing. You've both waited. And of course, she's talking about them both being virgins. And they are still, both of them are like, what? No. Really. <laughs> <laughs> They're still being arrogant and a teenage boy. And then we head to the bronze again. But one final scene. And just as he has a habit of doing, Angel turns up again after all the shit has yeah. gone down. And still doesn't actually say anything. <laughs> uh, but he's like, oh, well, you actually did it. It's like, well, of course you did. I heard a rumour there was one less vampire walking around making a nuisance of himself. Oh, you think? Yeah. <laughs> he's like, oh, that guy. Oh, he, he was easy. You should see the, the other thing I had to hack to pieces that the same night. Um, so he's wearing his velvet jacket that he's clearly got from Luke from the harvest. Yeah. Then Buffy at this point still says, I don't actually know who you are. Or and where I can find you. <laughs> or where, yeah. So Buffy then offers to return his jacket, which she is still wearing. Yeah, very well. <laughs> hasn't, she hasn't taken it off <laughs> since... <laughs> Since he gave it, since he put it around her shoulders, and he's proper full-on charm here, and it's effortless as well. And he's like, "Yeah, it looks better on you." Ooh, <laughs> he walks off, and Buffy, yeah, I, I get her sentiment. She's like, "Oh boy," <laughs> it's like, "Yeah, you, you got it, bad girl." Just um, you wait, and uh, <laughs> so, and that is the end of that episode. So. All in all, I actually really enjoyed watching it this time. I thought it was really funny, but it's it is probably one of the most the weaker Xander-centric episodes. Yeah, because there are times when you just want to throttle him completely and yeah. wake up. <laughs> um, but the the relationship that Buffy has with Doctor Gregory is is lovely. It's really good, and and actually the last scene. Yeah, we get a little. Uh, there's another new science teacher and after class she sees Dr. Gregory's glasses and it's the music's very emotional and you know it's all very sad it is and it's it's I think it's closing that chapter for Buffy she's saying goodbye yeah. to to him you know she's she's 
vanquished his killer. She's sought out to avenge his death and and you know she's hopefully turning on a different path um and she's taken his his encouragement and then of course we get that the last final scene with the eggs hatching the, and then hatching which i remember thinking oh my god we're going to get more of of these yeah. things but it never comes up again but i think it's just i think this is your typical sort of hitchcock sort of horror sort of style the other thing as well is that that would make Dr. Gregory a virgin. Yes. Oh. Oh, bless him. I just thought of that now. That's yeah. <laughs> I really feel I really feel for him. Yeah. What a lovely sweet man. Well, the Buffy kill count is two, so she kills the vampire and, and the mantis. And then the praying mantis thing. And then Xander kills a vampire as well in his dreams. Yes, but since it happened on screen, we've decided it actually counts. It definitely counts. Yeah. We've covered the favourite scenes already and best lines. Favourite outfit. Again, it's got to be Buffy's little outfit. I just I love it. Xander did yeah. look really good in his dream sequence. He did. And Angel did look very, yeah. very good on both occasions. Mm-hmm. They definitely knew how to dress him. I do find though that his collars get a bit bit wider <laughs> as we go. Um, favorite character, Doctor Gregory. Yes, it has to be. Even though he was a very short lived character, his presence lives yeah, on. It does. The episode in memoriam <laughs> teaches Buffy so much. So yeah, definitely. Is that why you're always cleaning your glasses so you don't have to see what we're doing? Tell no one. Glasses. Well, we have the honorary mention yeah, the, for Dr. Gregory. Because it's all about his yes. glasses. Not a lot of glasses action from Giles. The, when he's on the phone, he is not wearing his glasses and then puts them back on. So it's like a little reverse thing. Yeah, so he's letting us down on this side, isn't he? So you keep saying, oh, he's always forever taking them off. Uh, it does become more prevalent. Um, and I'm, I'm pretty certain that it became a bit of an in-joke yeah. for the production. They mention it a number of times. I swear, one of these times, you're going to wake up in a coma. Wake up in a... Oh, never mind. And he doesn't actually get knocked out on this episode, but he does get knocked down by the praying mantis thing. And gets straight back up again. (laughs) (laughs) Which reminds me of this song. I get knocked down! So talking about Giles getting knocked down and that particular song, well, it was about 10 years ago, um, someone put a YouTube video, which is like a fan video, and it's called Giles Gets Knocked Down. (laughs) I love the fact that it's got over 100,000 views, uh, and it is literally every single moment (laughs) that Giles gets, as they describe it, gets the stuffing beaten out of him. <laughs> and I believe the man himself is well aware of this video and was quite impressed by it. Is he? Brilliant. I think so, yeah. It's awesome. Someone showed it to him at a convention or something. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a great video. We'll post up the link. And uh, yeah, go, go ahead and, and, and like it because it's it's really well edited, you know, by someone. And it was, it's over 10 years ago now, I think. So, yeah. you know, it's it was much harder back then. Uh, to do something like that but yeah it's it's a great little compilation um so Mm. it just gets funnier and funnier and it's it's like 
three minutes long. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a lot of uh, a lot of uh, yeah, stuffing being knocked out of. Yeah. So so that rounds up episode four, Teacher's Pet. Yes. And yeah, I'm really glad that we are over this episode. I did enjoy it, but I absolutely love the next episode yeah and i know you're a huge fan of it as yes well. i am so ready for it and just the dialogue in that episode just oh there's just it's gonna be very hard to pick a favorite line because there is just so many it, it's great so many things to love about it i think i mean by this is episode five you can tell that they're really getting into their stride they yes. know the drill they know what the the, the goal is um, the actors are, are just they're really they've not just found their feet they're just soaring um, now and, and as are the writers as is the production yeah in every facet and uh, it's a great episode so um, yeah do join us and watch episode five with us if you wish it is called never kill a boy on the first date uh, so when we do uh, give that a, a rewatch, we'd love to hear and also for Teacher's Pet and any other episode previous, we would love to hear your opinion. So what was your favourite line? What was your favourite scene? Who do you think the best character of that episode is? And uh, yeah, we're pleased to keep posting up your opinions and, and sharing your thoughts with us. Yeah. And when we reach the end of the season, uh, and indeed the other six seasons that will follow, we'll, you know, have a little look at what you collectively decided the strongest episode of the season was and see, compare it to what we thought, etc. So that'll be interesting. We'll have to try and do it like a tot up some form of way. Yeah. Where we work out technically which episode is the best episode for season one. Because it's not definitive, of course, but it would be interesting to to put something together and see. And then actually see if we agree with that as well. But yeah, Please do um, start posting your favourite lines, favourite outfits, favourite scenes for episodes and also your favourite episode, particularly of season one, as we're going through this particular season. So uh, you can follow us and you can interact with us on social media. Just type in at previously on Buffy and you'll be able to find us on TikTok, X and Instagram. Thanks again for listening, guys. Thank you. See you next time. Next time on Previously on Buffy the Vampire Slayer. It's very, I say prim and proper, from the time of Emily Dickinson. Yeah. You know, uh, and he even says, oh, I've offended you. It's like, okay, Mr. Darcy. <laughs> Sorry I was late. I was sitting in a cemetery with a librarian waiting for a vampire to rise. <laughs> so I could prevent an evil prophecy from coming to pass. <laughs> it's sort of another turning point in their relationship, their dynamic. There's a nice little tender moment between them when he tells her that he thinks she's doing pretty well as a slayer. Thanks for listening to Previously on Buffy the Vampire Slayer. You can follow us on X, Instagram or TikTok. Just search Previously on Buffy. Don't forget to subscribe to us on your favourite podcast directory so you never miss an episode. <laughs>